to Philippians chapter 3 if you want to. That's where we're going to camp out today. We'll all have it on the screen as well. Just bring up my thought here. Philippians chapter 3. And I'm just going to read this. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to dive in if that's okay. The past, this series I've been using John the Baptist, right? You remember that? The only text that I still had up in my arsenal to use for John the Baptist for today was him getting his head cut off. So I decided to just move on. In a a unique way, it kind of fits. It kind of is going to fit. You'll see how it maybe fits, maybe, maybe not. But John the Baptist ends up dying. He ends up dying. And he dies in jail. And he kind of thought maybe Jesus was going to bust him out, I think. And he just dies in jail alone. How is that going to fit into all this today? I don't know exactly. What I do know is Philippians chapter 3, last week, I told you guys this, stood out to me as something I wanted to unpack a little bit more. And so that's why we're here today. Philippians chapter 3, this is like the greatest chapter in the Bible, um, at least to me last week. Here's what it says. Finally, my brothers. So this is a guy named Paul writing this. Paul writes, finally, my brothers. He's writing to a church in Philippi. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. That's what we just did in some of our song. Did you catch that? Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. Rejoice, my brothers. Remember the shepherds? I picked up on that in Christmas Eve. What did they do when they heard, when they went and saw? Remember when they saw Jesus in the manger? They returned rejoicing. Something about rejoicing. That's not even my message. That was free. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. I love Paul. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. We are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God glory in Christ Jesus. And we put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself actually have reason for confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I actually have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was of the people of Israel. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, I was a Pharisee. I was super religious, is kind of what he's saying here. I was, as to zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, I was blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things. I even count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and share in his sufferings. Becoming even like him in his death. That by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Now, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, 
But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me and straining towards what is lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the upward prize or the, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, let those of you who are mature think this way. And if, any, if in anything you think otherwise, God will actually reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me. Keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now even tell you with tears, many walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. We just sang about that. Our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Let's pray. Lord, help me to unpack this in a simple way, especially in a way that would, would kind of, Seth would kind of disappear, but that you, God, would become clearer and clearer to our hearts and our minds, that you, God, would receive all glory and honor and praise, and that you, God, would be the one that we actually hear from right now. We're amazed that you would want to work through people like us to share the good news. In this particular setting, I get to do that in a, in a unique way right now. But I thank you that you give each of us that opportunity to have the gospel, the good news on our lips when we leave from here, when we go to our neighbors. Even in here, as soon as the service is done and we're talking to each other again, we have the opportunity to share you with people. Wow, what a blessing. What a blessing. Lord, we do it because we love you, because you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wednesday, Wednesday, I think it was the morning, I went to Walmart. And as soon as I walked in, just this past Wednesday, walk into Walmart. So this is two days after Christmas. I walk into Walmart and the first thing I see off on my left, as you walk in, there's that giant wall. This is Porter Walmart, by the way. You walk in and there's this giant wall off to your left and that's all I see is medicine. A whole wall of medicine. And the very first of those medicines that I saw was an anti-acid uh, like an anti uh, heartburn medicine kind of thing. That was the first right there. Whatever that is, Picot, Picot, whatever that medicine is, that was the first thing I saw on Wednesday after Christmas as soon as I walked in uh, to Walmart. That's what I saw. And, and that just kind of jumped at me. Because here was, I, I had been to Walmart prior to that, and that wall had literally been lined with like a bunch of stuff for kids and, and, and basically promises, I mean, kind of, I'm, I'm pushing this a little bit, but promises of complete happiness and utter satisfaction. 
you know, was lining that wall. If you just get this, then everything's going to kind of be okay. Everything's going to be, everybody's going to have a happy Merry Christmas kind of thing. And then just a couple days later, it's full of medication. <laughs> and then, I mean, for 238, <laughs> you know, 238, solve your problem. So this is in my mind, and then I round the corner, so I go a little bit further. I, go to, I don't even have any pictures of this, but I go around the corner, and there is, they're emptying shelves, and I'm pretty sure, I didn't see one, but I'm pretty sure in the next little bit, we're going to see a bunch of red and pink teddy bears with little hearts on them saying, will you be mine, Right? That's what's coming. I know the section at Walmart and what's coming next. And I'm just thinking to myself, so I'm, I'm already kind of trying to build out my message Wednesday, right? I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking what I'm going to share with you guys. I'm taking this picture. My family goes ahead. I'm taking this picture. I'm like, what does this mean? What does this mean? Here's this, this wall that is promising us fulfillment, satisfaction, enjoyment, all this stuff. And then couple days later, medication. And it almost felt to me like Walmart is medicating. This is, now this is me starting to, you know, sermonize and stuff. But it felt like Walmart is medicating the letdown. Did you have heartburn after? I actually had some heartburn. I thought about 238, that's not bad. Because at the end of the day, Christmas was cool and all. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was terrible. I have no idea for you. But Christmas is cool and all. And yet, our culture experiences some kind of letdown, clearly. Because, and, and the proof in this, here's the proof in it. The proof in the letdown side of it, that it, Christmas really didn't satisfy our every desire and need and fulfillment was the lines of people buying more stuff. This was Wednesday. And the craziest part is I found myself in line. <laughs> that, I find that fascinating to me. I find that fascinating. The return line, the purchasing more stuff line, it's like one more thing and then it will really be enough. I mean, Christmas is like, if you just take Jesus out of it, take Jesus out of Christmas for a second and just look at it from a cultural perspective. Christmas, from a cultural perspective, is like the best it's got. Kind of? I mean, when you think about trying to satisfy some deep longing that we might have for some deep meaning or to somehow be kind of satisfied... Christmas is like maybe the best our culture has. Uh, trying to think if I, I wasn't going to go here. It just it's for some reason I'm supposed to say it. I feel, but you know maybe you could argue our culture kind of leans into the orgasm. Quite honestly, as maybe another like spirit, like the highest of heights that it has. And when you actually stop and think about it, the amount of Christmas... No, I'm going to go back to Christmas, and we'll just kind of leave that forever. <laughs> but I want to at least plant it in your mind 
Now I'm not going to go there anymore. But I wanted it in your brain floating around a little bit. Because those are kind of the things that our culture has to give to us, to offer to us, as kind of like, if you just get that, then it's going to be okay. But it's always met with a kind of letdown. Like the wall of medication is just a couple days later because you now got heartburn. And then we move to a longing for something else, which is going to be Valentine's Day. So we move to the next thing, but we kind of know Valentine's, is gonna, that's going to let us down. And that one's not going to get us, you know. And that's why some people just move past Valentine's Day and go right to Easter, because that's a, a little bit bigger one maybe at least. Maybe that one will kind of fulfill me and satisfy me. And, and, but even that one ends up letting you down. There's medication after that one. And that's what I wanted to kind of look at today. Is I wanted to see, I wanted to show you how Paul kind of talks about this longing that we have for something deeper, how we can kind of medicate where, we, where, where there's letdowns in our life, how we can kind of medicate that, and then the longing that is met someday with complete and utter satisfaction. Let me show you that. Let me show you that from the text. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. See, Paul had tried some other stuff. He just prior to that had said, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was, the best. I was like, I was doing the religious thing and even that let me down. Like that couldn't satisfy my deep, utter longings that I had in, in me to satisfy me. Even religion, religiosity couldn't do it. On top of that, as we kind of reflect a little bit on this past year, we might find that we let ourselves down. Anybody make a New Year's resolution goal and by January 3rd, you are done? Yeah. Can't even remember back that far. You don't even remember what you resoluted. But whatever it was, you've dropped it. And, and, and when we think about things we've done, you know, our, our confession today was kind of drawn us to that. Things I did do that I shouldn't have done, and there were things that I didn't do that I should have done, and, and I did do that I, shouldn't, I should have done. All this stuff. And we let even ourselves down. And as we go through life, you know, some of you did things this past year that you shouldn't have done. You really shouldn't have. You made some really poor decisions. You, you just messed up. And as you reflect on that, as you reflect on that, you can feel the letdown. And that's what's so cool here. Paul says, I count everything as lost to know Christ. And in fact, and he's going to root something. This is going to be really deep for us. This is going to, go deep into our soul. He says, I want to live my life with this reality. I want to be found in him, 
not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. See, the, the, the blessings that come from what Jesus has done for you, his work and activity of, just follow me here for a second, of even like God becoming man, putting on flesh, being now 100% God and 100% man, so that he could go to a cross and die, so that we could actually say that God died for you. So that we could understand that the perfect sacrifice really has been offered to pay for your sin and to pay for your mistakes, to pay for it, and on top of that, rise from the dead so that you and I who are bodily would actually have the promise of a resurrection one day. On top of all that, he gives to you, according to this text, his righteousness. You are made righteous. This is huge because this means that my rightness before God is not what I have done or what I have not done. See, following Jesus isn't primarily about morality and, 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 and a, a works-based way of thinking about things, but it's primarily about getting by faith the rightness of God that he gives to you. This is Romans chapter 5. We are justified by faith. We actually have peace with God by faith in Jesus Christ. That's incredible. That's incredible that we can have peace with God through Jesus Christ and faith in him and his work and his activity for me and for you. We're made righteous because of Jesus' work on our behalf. Now, I'm setting all this up because this is what Paul is doing here. Paul is saying, that's a kind of medicine. Kids, you guys doing the word of the day? Medicine is the word of the day. That's a kind of medicine that we need as we walk through life. I need that medicine. I need to daily be reminded of that medicine. I need to daily encourage others with that medicine. That they are not right before God based off of, well, I did enough good and I didn't, have, I didn't do enough bad. And so it kind of all equals out or doing a little bit more good than bad. So, no, we, that would be really scary. What we get to have is peace with God through faith in Jesus and what he has done for us. That's massive. That's massive. And see, when that happens, when we can wake up to that medicine every day, what we really need, that the benefits of his righteousness 
are ours by faith, and we have now peace with God. It's that place, it's in that place that we can move to the next portion of the text. Because the next portion is the move to a longing. I love that. This is why this is chapter so beautiful. Because you'd think, if I have peace with God, then that's, I'm done. But the next section is him longing for something. What is he going to be longing for? What he longs for, watch this. Look at verse 13 and 14. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to skip forward a little bit to verse 20. Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, which notice that happens because of Christmas. To be like his glorious body by the power, Christmas and I'll say Easter, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. See, I just love the honesty of Paul here. He says, I, have, I am righteous before God through faith in Jesus Christ. So the work and activity of Jesus, I am truly at peace with God. Like I'm I'm perfected. I'm, I, I'm perfect in the eyes of God through Jesus Christ. But then he says, not that I've already attained this. So he just moves to a place of, oh, I'm still longing for something now still. What is he longing for? He's longing for the return of Jesus. You see that? He wants Jesus to come back. Because he knows that prior to coming back, he's still going to struggle as a sinner. He's going to still struggle with moments of letdown. He's going to still struggle with moments of, 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 of brokenness in this world. He's going to struggle with things of death and decay that are around him. He's going to struggle with that. And he points that out really, I think, pointedly in this text. And he says, because of that, I now long for the return of Jesus. But notice, follow me here. Notice, you would not want Jesus to return if you're not right with God. Ah, do you see it? Say, yeah, the medicine, the medicine of being made right with God and I'm at peace with God actually is what I needed so that now I can long for his return. I want him to come back to make all things new. To have God come and dwell again with his people for all of eternity. You can go read Revelation 21 and 22 and all that stuff. See, those two, it's like bump, bump. It's bump, I'm made righteous, not because of anything I've done. I'm righteous because of Jesus and what he has done and I just trust in him. Boom, that's the first bump. And then it moves to the next bump, which is, yeah, I want Jesus to come back again. I'm, I'm excited for his return. But I wouldn't be in that place if I didn't have the first bump. Bump is not in my notes. We're waiting for Christ's second advent. Waiting for his return. That's why we sing, oh, come, 
Oh, come, Emmanuel. I mean, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. In our, in our praying the Lord's Prayer, Lord, your kingdom come. Come, Lord, come, Lord, your kingdom come. Come and rule and reign now and someday also for all of eternity. Come, Lord. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Uh, yesterday was my sister's birthday. My sister turned, my oldest sister turned 50 yesterday, and we were giving her a hard time. And uh, we were like, 50, you're, you know, you're going to die soon or something. I don't know. So old. So old. I knew I was going to be, this going to be a rough one to get to this. But. So I call, I call up my sister. I was going to wish her happy birthday, you know, try to plant fear in her life and all this stuff. She's going to die. We had a great time with it, all this kind of stuff. But it was interesting. My brother-in-law picked up first. My brother-in-law, Todd. And Todd is over 50 as well. And uh, so I was like, man, Tammy, you know, she's catching up to you. You guys are getting so old and all this kind of stuff. Just joking with him. And um, my, my, my brother-in-law, who's a really like, um, you know, my brother-in-law, is, I'm trying to think how to describe Todd. Just a, not a ton of words necessarily, just simple guy like, let's go hunt, let's go fail, just shoot stuff, and that's pretty much life is good. But he's a follower of Jesus. He loves Jesus. He leads his family in, in uh, nightly devotions and all this kind of stuff. Just a great guy, simple guy, just simple living kind of guy. And my brother-in-law, as we were kind of razzing him about being 50 as, as well, uh, he says, this is what he said. He said, almost done. Almost done. That's what he said. Almost done. And obviously, we were kind of joking a little bit, you know, kind of playing on the whole, you're going to die soon kind of thing. Uh, but also, there's a little tinge, because especially him being a Christian, there's a little bit of some of this truth of like, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost finished with the race that God has marked out for me. I thought, that's interesting. What a, what a picture. I mean, he wasn't even trying. I wasn't, we weren't talking my message at all, but what a picture of the Christian life. I'm right before God because of faith in Jesus and what he has done for me. Almost done. Almost done. That's a beautiful picture, I think. Makes sense to me. And he will come back. And when he does, the full longing that we long for, the completeness that we're looking for, and I could, I could preach a whole series on what that means. But the, the longing, the completeness, the full satisfaction will be ours at his return. And the Bible gives you a couple, I just want to share a couple quick Bible verses where, where this picture is given of that moment of when that kind of, what that could look like. Okay? Just let me take you to Psalm 17, verse 15. Every time I read this psalm, this verse stands out to me. The psalmist here, David, says, As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. Even King David starts to have this, this feeling and this sense of longing to see God's face. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. This is an incredible statement by Jesus. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Holy cow. Really? See God. 
And I would argue the pure in heart there is a connection to Jesus' work and activity, his righteousness that he gives to us. But by faith, we get the benefits of it. Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, this is John here saying this. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Wow. That's what my heart longs for. I long for the satisfaction, the full completeness that Jesus' second return will bring. Don't you long for that? I mean, some days I don't. I get it. Some days I get trapped. I get trapped into this love with this world. So I'm not saying I'm like Paul. He says, not that I've already attained this, but I continue to stretch in, lean forward in, long for his return, for the resurrection of the body, the life everlasting. So Paul says, you are righteous by faith in Jesus Christ. That's good medicine for your soul. We need to be reminded of that a lot. Righteous because of Jesus and what he has done for you. Paul says to strain forward. Paul says to strain forward to his return. Paul says to stand firm as the very end of the text. Stand firm in Christ. But it's Todd that says, we're almost done. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word that comes to us today that reminds us that we've probably messed up a whole bunch this last year. Even our good deeds this past year, Paul says here, I count it all as loss to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. That's the best. We thank you that we are made righteous by faith in you, Jesus. And I thank you that that is offered to every single person in the room, every single person watching online, every single person who would hear that message through the whole world. That we get to be made righteous because of you. Lord, thank you for the promise that you will return one day as well. And that on that day, we will get to see you. And in seeing you, there will be such a completeness to that moment that nothing for the rest of eternity will let us down. We long for that, Lord. There's people that are in here that... watching maybe online, whatever it is, that that maybe aren't even followers of you, that have a longing for some kind of completeness, some kind of fullness, some kind of... satisfaction that would be complete. Jesus, we know it's in you that we find that. Continue to draw our hearts deeper into that reality. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Keep us in the faith. 
Keep us firm in the faith. We're almost done. In Jesus' name, amen.